Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. The strong, the powerful Adam Mendler is here on Money Savage Create. Welcome, Adam. Wow, what an intro. Strong and powerful. <laughs> That's right, man. Full disclosure, I'm, I didn't work out this morning, so I don't know if I'm feeling strong or powerful, but uh, well, today's my scheduled off day. I'll be back working out tomorrow and then the next day and the day after that, but okay. today's a rest day for me, so... But I like the intro. I'll take it. Yep. There, there you go. Well, let's go with that. So <laughs> Adam is the CEO of the Velos Group. He is the creator and host of the 30-Minute Mentors Podcast. He's a leadership speaker, coach, consultant, community leader, and taking a couple of days off or one day off today. And Adam, I'm excited to have you on. If you would, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Just to clarify, it's a scheduled off day. So, not being lazy. No. You give your body some rest. I went hard the last three days, and now I'm taking a day to have a little bit of a breather. But duly noted. I really appreciate that intro. That's pretty awesome. Wow. I'm gonna maybe play back that recording and give it to my parents. Yes. Maybe they'll be proud of me. But uh, excited to be here, George. This is a uh, cool experience and um, enjoyed chatting off the air as well, talking a little bit about the angels, talking about our shared background, spending some time in Southern California, being from uh, warm weather states, which is a lot better than being on the East Coast right now. A little bit about me, born and raised in beautiful Los Angeles, California, did my undergrad at USC, got my MBA at UCLA. I've uh, worked out here. I've started a bunch of businesses here. I started the Velos Group back in 2012. My brother and I started it together. And over the years, we've built three different businesses in three different industries. We have an office furniture business called Beverly Hills Chairs. We're the leading sellers in the country of refurbished brand name office chairs. So the Herman Miller Aeron Chair, which is the best-selling office chair ever made, uh, which retails for about $1,400 brand new. We sell that at about half off retail, and we do that for other best-selling office chairs. That's one of our businesses. We have a cigar company called Custom Tobacco. You can go to customtobacco.com and create your own fully customized private label cigars in real time. We have a software consulting and development business. I do a lot of writing and speaking on the topic of leadership, and I've got a podcast focused on leadership, focused on how to become as successful as possible personally and professionally. It's called 30-Minute Mentors, where I go one-on-one with the most successful people in the country on how they got to the top, and more importantly, on how listeners can get to the top as well. So I have a lot going on, but all good things, and when you take a day off from working out, you get an extra hour to work and have an extra 20 minutes to chat with you, George. And here we are. I love it. So how do you decide what to focus your time on? Is it, is it all scheduled or is it, is it whatever you really want to do? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And it's, I think, uh, one of those questions that all entrepreneurs continually struggle with. And I wish I had a perfect answer for you. And I, I don't. What I can tell you is that what I try to do is I try to prioritize. I try to spend my time doing things that I think will make an impact, that I think will make an impact on each of our businesses and that I think are well suited to my skill set. So, for example, for our office furniture company, Beverly Hills Chairs, I spent a lot of my time on that business focused on strategic issues, focused on managerial issues. I do spend some time on higher level deals, but I'm mostly spent spending my time on that business really trying to guide the ship. Fortunately, uh, I'm no longer at a phase where I'm really spending a lot of my time in the business. I'm spending more of my time on the business, which is where all entrepreneurs aspire to be. And I could say the same with Custom Tobacco. I could say the same with Velo Solutions. And as an entrepreneur, the more time you can spend managing other people, particularly if the people are really, really good people, the more successful you will be because at the end of the day, you need a leverage. You can't do things by yourself. You're only as good as the people around you. You're only as good as your team. Yeah. Amen. And congratulations for successfully making that transition from working in the business to working on it. As, as you mentioned, that's really what I think most entrepreneurs are interested in doing wanting to do. So from, from when you were starting your first business and being, being just new when, when, when everything was new to, to where you are today, how has, how has, I guess I'll just ask maybe like how, how has your self-talk changed or maybe it's a matter of how, how you balance or manage your, your thinking and your emotions. Do you let things, did you ever let things kind of spiral you into, you know, getting pissed off or getting angry and just, that's a very, very convoluted, bad question, but perhaps you know what I'm asking. Yeah. You know, I've always been a pretty even keeled guy. My temperament has been a strength. Now, with that said, there are plenty of things that I'm bad at. I tell people all the time, one of the core themes that I preach to audiences I speak to, regardless of the audience, it could be college students, it could be CEOs. I'm a firm believer that most people in life are bad at most things. I personally am bad at too many things to list. I know we have 20 minutes to chat here. And if I had to tell you everything that I'm bad at, it would go <laughs> probably for 20 hours. So 20 minutes could would cover just a small fraction of it. But my temperament it has been a strength from the time I was really a little kid. So I, I'm, it hasn't been an area that I've personally struggled with. What I will say is that entrepreneurship is a continual journey that consists of many highs and many lows. The highs are artificially high. The lows are artificially low. And this is something that I can tell you, but this is something that just about any entrepreneur will tell you. And it's something that once you understand, you can better accept because 
you realize that what you're going through isn't unique. You realize that what you're going through is a part of a natural process of being an entrepreneur, of running your own business. So once you come to understand that, you can better come to accept it. And I think as a leader, it's imperative not to lead with your emotions, but to lead with your brain. And not, that isn't to say that you shouldn't lead with your heart. I believe that leaders need to absolutely lead with their heart. You need to have the utmost empathy. You need to have the utmost compassion. But leaders who are uh, emotional rather than rational um, are going to make bad decisions. So I think it's important to be data-driven. I think it's important to be uh, thoughtful in how you act. And I think it's important to be thoughtful in how you conduct yourself and how you speak. An interesting lesson that I learned uh, when I was conducting a podcast interview, you know, George, you and I were talking off the air about my podcast, 30 minute mentors. And one of the first podcast interviews that I conducted for 30 minute mentors was with the CEO of Deloitte consulting, Dan Helfrich, a great guy. And uh, I asked Dan a question toward the end of the interview. And the question was something along the lines of, you know, how do you, how do you try to lead the people under you? And, you know, he, he cut me off and he said, just using the words under you is a mistake. Using the words under you, just that language and understanding that's not ill-intended, but just the language under you conveys a sense that you're above others in your organization. And the key to leadership is being able to have the perspective that no one is under you, that we're all at that same level steering the ship together and you're able to provide whatever guidance you can, but you're no better than the person next to you. And I believe that firmly and just uttering the wrong words was an important lesson for me uh, conducting an interview. So as a leader, I, I think it's really important to incorporate all those lessons in how you lead. Yeah, well, I think that that's I think that that's well said, and just being thoughtful as you've been talking about, and try to be thoughtful in everything you do, and being mindful of the language you use and how that's going to impact uh, people who are working with your organization, uh, because certainly every little word that 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 comes out of a leader's mouth is is going to get taken one way or another. So you have to be careful. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's cool how you were talking about how the highs are artificially high and the lows are artificially low, but when you're in the middle of it, you know, you're probably not able to recognize that. So being able to, to, you know, zoom out a little bit and have that perspective so valuable. And you've talked about how your temperament's always been a strength. Um, are there certain things that, that you just naturally, that you think do, to be able to, to keep everything at, at arm's length so you're not getting uh, so affected by the highs or the lows? I wish I could tell you that do yoga, do <laughs> this, meditate, 
uh, drink tea. Uh, I, I can tell you what I do. I, I do yoga. I I don't drink tea. I I watch a lot of baseball. That's my best form of meditation. But uh, although watching the Angels can drive you crazy, but I don't really know how much of that truly impacts my temperament. I think that a lot of it is innate. A lot of it comes down to who you are and what your strengths are. And I, I think that it's important to really take a step back and try to understand what it is you're good at, what it is you're bad at. And for if the question is, if you if you're someone who struggles with temperament, how can you improve upon it? Um, fortunately for me, that isn't something that I've really had to battle. But some tips on how to improve upon your temperament, I would say, don't rush to making decisions. Don't rush to action. Um, when you're when you do make a decision, when you do act, try your hardest to incorporate the perspectives of others into that decision, into that action. I can tell you, you know, time and time again, on my podcast, interviewing great leader after great leader, who's given example after example of the importance of incorporating the wisdom of those around you into decisions big and small. A great example is Martin Dempsey, who was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under President Obama. He was the highest ranking military officer in America. And one of the things he told me was the importance of when President Obama was convening his senior most leaders, he would go around the room and ask every person in the room for his or her opinion and would listen whether he ultimately acted on the advice or not there's something really important to listening there's something really important to absorbing information so i think for anyone listening to our conversation george who is trying to understand how can i improve my temperament those are a couple things you know, don't rush to judgment, don't rush period, try to incorporate the wisdom of those around you. And a lot of it starts with, to one of the things we talked about earlier, surrounding yourself with people who can help you, surrounding yourself with a good team, surrounding yourself with trusted advisors, having good mentors, having good people who can make you better. Amen. So when when I'm I'm looking at or hearing you talk about your two 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 of your companies, you have the the company that's that's you're the number one reseller of high quality office chairs in the United States, and you've got this amazing cigar company. And while it's possible that most cigars are smoked in chairs, uh, I, I don't know that there's necessarily. <laughs> so how 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 do you or what is what is your advice to people who are evaluating potential business opportunities? Great question. Really, really good question. Um, we, this is another topic that we could spend hours and right. hours on. So in the interest of time, I'll try to give a couple of 
quick pointers. I think it's really important to understand whether the business idea, whether the business opportunity that you're evaluating aligns with what you bring to the table. Is this something that you are passionate about? Is this something that you are good at? Is this something that you are capable of executing? And is this something that you're capable of executing well? Do you have a team around you that can pull this off, that can make this happen? Are you gonna have fun doing this? Or is this gonna be a chore? Is this gonna be a grind? What is the probability of success here? Those are really important questions to ask. Uh, from there, I would really focus on customer-oriented questions. Who is my target customer? Who's my beachhead customer? Identifying that person, that group, and then getting to know that customer as intimately as possible. Going into the field, talking to your customer, and trying to understand as thoroughly as you can, does my customer really want this? Does my customer really need this? And if so, how badly, how desperately, what are they willing to pay? Is this something they would like or is this something that they can't live without? And I think too often entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs fall in love with their ideas before doing the necessary blocking and tackling. And I can tell you, I've made that mistake. I made that mistake in the early days of our business. And you learn the hard way. You learn that you can't fall in love with your own music. You need to make sure that it's something that resonates with an audience. And whatever product or service you're bringing to the market, you need to make sure that it's something that the market wants. I love it. Excellent. Well, Adam, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I hope I shared a few already. You have. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> it was one more, sir. If you want, if you want one difference-making tip, I'm going to reinforce something that I said a little bit earlier, which is that I strongly believe that most people in life are bad at most things. I am bad at way too many things to list, let alone list in 20 minutes, let alone list in the course of one savage making tip session. <laughs> but I believe that we're all good at a few things and we all have that one thing that we're truly exceptional at. We all have that one thing that makes us special. It's our superpower. It's the thing that makes us unique. It's the thing that makes us different. And the more quickly you could figure out what it is about you that makes you special, what it is about you that makes you different, what it is about you that makes you unique, the more successful you'll be in business, the more successful you'll be in life, the more successful you'll be as a leader. So I implore anyone listening to this podcast, anyone listening to this conversation, to get on that journey, to get on the journey of self-discovery, to figure out what is it about you that makes you special? What is it about you that makes you different? How are you going to tap into your superpower, get on that journey, and that's the first step of becoming a great leader? Like that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. 
Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Try to make it as easy as possible. It's just my name, Adam Mendler. So you can go to adammendler.com. You can find me on social media at Adam Mendler. So that's at Adam Mendler on Instagram, at Adam Mendler on Twitter. My podcast, 30 Minute Mentors, is available on every major podcasting app. So whatever podcasting app you're listening to this great podcast on, you could also go to 30minutementors.com. 30 Minute Mentors is all spelled out, 30 Minute Mentors. And George, this was a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening to this. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, sir. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Adam your appreciation. Share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to adammendler.com. Check out the 30-Minute Mentors podcast and and all the other wonderful resources on social media. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Adam. Thank you, George. This was awesome. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.